Morning, church. Morning. morning. I couldn't wear my shorts this morning. I thought I would. I haven't really got the legs, but I did get the memo about the blue shirt. So uh, just to let you know, you know, if you're in a blue shirt, just God is with you. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. So, sorry, Brendan and Andy, you just missed the memo, but it's fine. It's all right. It's no worries. Um, it's fine. Uh, enough. It's hot in here. I know it's hot, but I just, I really feel this morning, God really wants to speak. Um, if I tell you that when um, I, I looked at what I was preaching on this morning on Psalm 127, um, I thought, and I read the book that was to go with the series, and I thought, hmm, okay, I don't really have any idea where you want to go with this, God. So um, if the worst comes to the worst, there's probably loads of really good sermons online you can listen to later. <laughs> Just to build yourself up is fine, but otherwise we go with it. Tracy, thank you for your word. I really appreciate it. I think it's fantastic. It's amazing how God uses you. Continue to step out, continue to be bold. And, you know, that is so good. And just keep pressing in for more. And that's really good. And, and this morning, you know, I, I feel like um, as I preach, if it seems a bit, uh, I just feel like there's some stuff that God's been speaking to me that unfortunately wasn't, weren't in my notes. So Tracy, next time, if you could message me in advance, that'd be great. No, I'm joking. Um, but let's just go with it. We're going to read Psalm 127, and I'm reading from the message, if I could read it, um, but I'll read it with my glasses on here. Okay. If God, uh, God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, then might, night watchmen might as well nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Don't you see that children are God's best gift, the fruit of the womb, his generous legacy? Like a warrior's fistful of arrows are the children of a vigorous youth. Oh, how blessed are you, parents, with your quivers full of children. Your enemies don't stand a chance against you. You'll sweep them right off your doorstep. Interesting psalm. Like it? Not sure where we're going to on the children. We'll just see where God leads us. Um, but I just, uh, it's, it, I think the message translation was really, really good. And this is continuing our, our series of discipleship in an instant society. And there's very much the theme of work. And my wife's told me I have to define work because uh, when you read your, do your sermons, you preach them to your wife and that's why if she's on her phone, you'll know she's already heard it. Um, but what is work? Work is defined as activity involving mental or physical effort done in order to achieve a purpose or result. The answer is, unless we are all doing nothing, which I suggest we're not, we are all doing some form of work. It's not necessarily about going to an office. It's not necessarily about running a company. It could be about volunteering. It could be being a house mum. Whatever you're doing could be just serving, volunteering. It's all work. And this morning, the question is, what are we working at and what's our motivation? This week, my week has been mad. It's been horrible. Work is crazy. It's busy. And as I read this, I feel like God said, hmm, are you too busy to stop? Are you too busy to be still? Are you too busy to listen? And this morning, my first question to you is, has work 
that activity taken over our lives. That phrase, it's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. And, and that's not saying that we shouldn't work harder whatever we do, but actually it's so easy just to get on with life, just to do life. Life rolls on like a roller coaster with its highs and lows and twists and turns. It's just sheer activity. It's activity with maybe the purest of motives. I just want to serve my community with everything. I just want to work and be the very best. I want to provide for my family. I want the house that I can provide. I want the garden, the extension. I want the next promotion. I want my place to be this amazing place. And all of those things on their own are not a problem. But it's our approach rather than activity that is being questioned in this psalm. And our work sometimes, we can become so reliant on our work and almost our work becomes something that we get our identity from. You know, once we, as I said, when COVID hit, our company was on the verge of collapse. And I suddenly had this realisation that I might lose my salary and I might lose my job. And who was I without that? Who was I? And this morning, maybe you get your identity and who you are. You draw that from your job. That's who you are. And this morning, God says, no, no. This morning, you are a son or a daughter in the house of the Lord. And I really feel that's something God wants to speak to each of us. That actually know that our identity doesn't come from what we do. Our identity comes from who we are in God. Making sense so far, guys? You can be noisy if you like, because it's good. good. Keep going. This passage is all about that God works. And this morning, I think God wants to remind us that it is God that builds. And it's God that guards the city. And I think we're reminded of the consequences if he doesn't do it. And I feel there are three things in this passage that we want to look at. Building, trusting and investing. So what is God wanting to build? So when I think about what he wants to build, I'm thinking about our environment, the place of work. The place where we spend so much time, no matter what it is, whether it's looking after children, whether it is volunteering or whether it's in an office or working remotely. And I don't know about you, but actually our workplace can be a place of drudgery. It can seem, oh, no. But when we think that this is a place that God has called us to, it transforms our thinking. And this morning, God is saying, I want to build. And this morning, if we've got ears to hear and say, God, where is it you want me? And we think, do you know what? God's put me in this place. And actually, it's not always easy. But do you know what? I'm being faithful to what God has called me. Then the answer is, God doesn't promise it to be easy. But you know one thing, he'll be with you and he'll be in it. He'll be with you and he's in it. My work, I've always felt that I would be called to work. I've always had a desire to do church ministry full time. I've applied a couple of times. It's never actually worked out. And I feel more and more that God is saying, where do I want you, Pete Thomas? You can, you can do stuff on a Sunday morning. That's great. You can do stuff during an evening. But actually, I want you in the place of work. I want you in the place of work. And actually, I think that's quite important. Julian Adams 
wrote something about work which I quite liked. He said, work has to happen from the place of worship or loving who God is and from the place of desiring to see his kingdom come. He said, sometimes many Christians despise their workplaces because they think the real activity of the kingdom is between four walls of a church building on a Sunday morning. They go through work wishing their work days were in full-time ministry and refusing to see the opportunities of the kingdom that he has put right in front of them. And this morning, I really feel God says, do you know what, wherever you are, God has given you opportunities. Wherever you are, however difficult it is. I know that Jerry, as a head teacher, shared many stories about the way that God has used him. But I also know that his school and his work hasn't been easy. And he's faithful in what he does there. But God says, Jerry, good and faithful servant, I am with you. I uphold you because I've placed you and I've equipped you and I'll strengthen you and I am with you and I've got your back. And Michelle, God says to you, I've put you where I want you to be. I've got you. You know what? Work is there for you. And actually, I've called you to be in that place to speak life into those people's lives. He doesn't promise us that it's going to be all like, woohoo, I'm going to work. Woohoo, maybe you're a stay at home mum. Woohoo, I get to spend the time with the children. But he says, do you know what? I'm with you. And as you speak life into those children and invest in those children, you do a transforming work. You're transforming those young lives. As you're in your workplaces, certainly in my workplace, people say to me, oh, that's a good business. I say, well, I've been praying about that one. And they look at you as if you're absolutely barking mad. And my, uh, our new MD said to me, do you really believe that the God who allows stuff to happen in the world and the world's not perfect cares about your orders? I said, yeah, I do, because he loves me, because I'm a son. He hasn't really got a response to that. <laughs> he hasn't really got a response. But you know what? If you speak the truth and we give God everything, because God does care. You know, and actually it's a great opportunity. You know, I know Linda's had the opportunity to share stuff with her work colleagues. And I just encourage you that use your work as a great opportunity. When it says God builds, God builds and he uses us. But actually just listen to what God says to you in your workplace, the people that you encounter. I just really feel God wants this morning just to encourage you not to think of your workplace as a place of oppression and uh, drudgery, but a place of joy. And joy is very different. I didn't hear Manuela's sermon, but I'll be listening to it online. But joy is very different to happiness. Joy is something much more deep-rooted. And I just really encourage you. And I also really feel like, do you know what? I really appreciate that sometimes work can be difficult and it can be quite stressful. And again, I, I just really feel God wants to say, you know, allow me to build. Just open yourselves up to me. What's God saying to you in your workplace? Is he giving you strategies? You know, I believe in the prophetic words of knowledge. You know, I, the reason our company... I believe is surviving is because God intervened. Why would God intervene in a Jewish company in Boreham Wood? What the heck, eh? Is he not too busy? No, no, because he loves us. 
And do you know what? God's put me in that place and therefore he wants it to thrive and he's using me. And he was using you in your workplaces to bring life and to speak truth. And even if you don't have a job, going to the supermarket and speaking to that woman on the checkout just to ask her how she is, how you're doing. That's all work. It's activity. And God says, I will build my house. He will build the kingdom and build the city. Colossians 23 to 24 says, Work willingly at whatever you do as though you were working for the Lord rather than for people. Remember that the Lord will give you an inheritance as your reward and that the master you are serving is Christ. I think when we have that mentality, it transforms the workplace. Are we all good with that, guys? Yeah. Good, good, excellent, right? Moving on. <laughs> Woof. It will go back and go again. It's fine. Yeah. But also, when I was reading this, I was thinking, perhaps God wants you to build something new. It says in Psalm 90, May the favour of the Lord rest on us, establish the work of our hands for us, establish the work of our hands. I wonder what it is that God wants to establish. Maybe there's something new that he's calling you to. Maybe, actually, although you're in your job, maybe God's calling you to something new. Maybe you thought, oh, I don't really want to do that. Ooh. My daughter recently, she's, um, she's got a, she's, um, works for a charity and out of the blue, um, and she goes a lot, abroad a lot, and out of the blue, this opportunity has arisen for, a, job, for a, a promotion within her company. She hadn't applied for it, she wasn't aware of it, and it came out of the blue, and, it, and, and she's got it. And do you know what? It's a God move, because it just fits in her lifestyle and what she's planned. And you think, wow, God is in it. And I just want us to be people that are those that are willing to take a risk. And we're prepared to let God build his house. I have to tell you, when you hear your lead pastor saying, listen, guys, I think I'm going to Malta. Uh, just me and the wife and a couple of other people. God's told me to go to Malta. You know, I mean, what's wrong? I mean, Malta? I mean, there's Mill Hill. Why Malta? I mean, you know, it's a serious question. And, and, and I just want to, Duncan stands up here and he says, I'm going to Malta. And perhaps people think, why? You got enough, is, is this place not busy enough, you know? But Duncan heard God, who said, I want you to build my house. He said, I want you to go. And Duncan took a team and faithfully went and was blessed. And it doesn't really matter what the outcome was. It doesn't really matter. We don't have to see the end result. What we have to do is respond and be obedient and go. Yeah. And actually, I think that's what part of what this is about. It's about God building the house. And are we allowing God to build the house? Or is it that we're so constrained that we've already had our architect drawings drawn up of our life and say, this is what it looks like, God. If you can fit into this, that's great, but I don't have any room to manoeuvre around. You know, God, these are my plans. Yours are lovely, but this is my plans. And God says, no, no, my ways aren't your ways. I'm going to build the house. If you want the very best outcome, if you want to see me flourish, if you want to see life transformed, if you want to know that you're being the place of blessing, let me build the house. Let me build the house. Build my house on solid rock. And then within this, the idea of God guarding the city is that just complete and utter trust in him. I love it when it says, and I can't find it, but it loves it here. And it says, 
if God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. And we've got to remember that when this psalm was written, the context is, you know, this is written by Solomon. These are people, these are real battles that are happening. People are coming into your city and they're going to kill you. They're going to murder your families. They're going to take everything away from you. So guarding the city was a really important thing. This isn't, oh, you guard the city. This is actually, if God doesn't guard the city, you're in trouble. And there are stories are full of how God guards the city. It says in Proverbs, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do and he will show you which path to take. And do you know what? There's nothing wrong in being wise with our, in being wise with our money or saving or investing or our pensions or taking that promotion or the way that we want to educate or, trust or do anything or the way we want to move forward. But do we do so in the context of trusting the Lord? There's nothing wrong in doing things, saving and all of that, but who's, what's, where's our motivation? Who are we listening to? One writer put it like this. I quite like this. When we depend upon our organisations, we get what organisations can do. When we depend upon education, we get what education can do. When we depend upon man, we get what man can do. But when we depend upon prayer, we get what God can do. Who wants what God can do? Yes. Come on, it's a bit quiet. Who wants what God can do? Yes. Are we hungry for what God can do? Yes. I mean, we're talking about a God who can transform. We're talking about a God who made the way. We're talking about a God who so loved the world that sent his son down and he died on the cross and Jesus came back from the dead. We are, we are talking about a God who has redeemed us, that we are sons and daughters. We already have a first class ticket into heaven, those of us who know and love Jesus. Is that pretty good? Our God is an awesome God. An awesome God. And sometimes we make God so small. Sometimes we're so busy doing. Sometimes in my workplace I am so blinkered that I forget to remember that our God is able. Sometimes I forget to remember that our God can do all things. Sometimes I forget that, you know what, I'm here because God has called me to be here. But sometimes I have to have ears to listen and say, God, what are you saying? Where are you calling? Because God sometimes does move people on in a season. But we have to be those who want God to build and for him to protect the city. Amen. And do you know the consequence of this, which I love? He says, if God doesn't build the house, the builders only build the shack. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? Rest to those he loves. You know what? I don't know about you, but I spend my life with people telling me how exhausted they are. People are exhausted. People talk about burnout and being weary. And I just feel like actually today, God says, you know what? Some of you, I want to give you rest. I want to give you rest. There's a story of a man who tired of sleepless nights. And one night after reading Psalm 121 verse 4, which says, He watches over Israel, will neither slumber nor sleep. The man said to the Lord, well, since you're going to be up all night, there's no sense in us both being awake. (laughs) And he turned over and went to sleep. Let's avoid pointless living and be relentless in our pursuit of God. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things will be added to you. 
someone wrote, do what God has given you to do and leave the results to him. And, and I just am reminded, uh, as I thought about this and, and rest, there's an amazing story in 1 Kings 19, verses 5 to 6, where Elijah has just defeated the, uh, the prophets of Baal. He's on an all-time high. He's on his roller coaster high. And suddenly he's being persecuted and the roller coaster's just dropped down 100 foot. He's terrified. He thinks, I'm going to run away because I don't want to be killed. And on his way, in this place where he feels helpless, God comes and he provides bread and water and he provides him rest. God doesn't say, get up, Moses, get up, Elijah, now, and we will fight. He gives him what he needs, just rest. Because what does he want to do? He wants to restore him. And this morning, I feel like this morning, God says, I want to restore you. If you're weary and exhausted, know that perfect rest that comes in God because he loves you. And sometimes I think, sometimes I think that we think of rest almost like, oh yeah, I'll fit it in. But actually rest is so important. Be still and know that I am God. Be still. Let God build the walls. Let God protect the city. Let God be God. Let God be God. It's not that we should be apathetic and just say, oh, manana, yeah, just rest. But let's just know God's peace. Let's just know his rest. Let's just hear what he calls us. And I, I feel that actually sometimes as God, as we rest in God, he then says, okay, now go and build now go and build you are restored you are restored and do you know what there's nothing wrong in resting in God God knows you intimately he knows what you need he loves you passionately Philippians 4.6 is my most fantastic my go-to verse don't worry about anything and pray about everything and I have to constantly remind myself of that because actually I like to do everything and then think about praying later. And I've realised that isn't what Philippians 4, 6 says at all. But just this whole image of God building and God protecting, doesn't it remind you of John 15, verse 5 about the vine? I am the vine and you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It's easy, isn't it? Easy. We remain in him and we produced much fruit. I pause because I just think we can read that. So he's, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like God this morning says to you, you know, we're talking about where does God want us to do? I think God says, I want to build much fruit. I think God's calling you to be fruitful. I think this morning God is saying, I've got stuff for you to do. And some of you have discounted yourselves. You're too weary. You're too busy. You're too consumed. And God says, no, let me build. Trust me. Abide in me. Dwell in me. Step out. This morning God says, you know, let me build. And in your own strength. You can't do it, but in my strength, all things are possible. 
And just God this morning wants people to say, yes, your agenda, not my agenda. And do you know what? Working for the Lord, maybe it's not always convenient. Maybe it's not something we always want to do. But I don't know about you, but I prefer to say yes to the King of Kings. It's really interesting that Tracy brought that word about the river flowing and I'm constantly drawn to Ezekiel 46 and the river of life flowing and I, it's not really what I have here but I'm going to go for it. I just feel this morning God wants to bring the river of life to flow. You know the, the picture in Ezekiel 46 is about the spirit flowing out through the temple and Ezekiel going in and God saying how far do you want to go? Only ankle deep, knee deep? No, you want to swim in the river. You want all of me. I want you to picture that. How deep do you want to get into God this morning? How immersed do you want to be in his very presence? The King of Kings is here. As Dom said, God is in the house. God speaks to each and every one of us. And he's in the house. How deep do you want to go? Do you want to swim in the river? Surrender all. When you're in the river, your feet don't touch the ground. You're reliant upon a God who's taking you forward. And what does the river do? The river goes into places and it makes dry things come to life. It takes the salty, dead sea and it turns it into fresh, drinkable, lovely, fresh, refreshing water that I'm sure we could all do with when this guy at the front beats quiet. But, you know, God wants to bring refreshing water. And this morning, it's available for each and every one of us. Each and every one of us. So often we rely upon our own abilities. And God says, no, no, no. Let me build. Let me protect. Trust me. Trust me. Do the things that I've called you to do. Have faith. Know that I am with you. That I never forsake you. That I never give up on you. And maybe you've tried it once and you've failed and God says, don't worry. He says, get up and be with me because I'm with you. And we've got to step out of faith. God says, you know, this morning I feel God says, got to get out of the boat, step on the water. I don't know about you, but I'm fairly sure Peter thought he was going to, you know, he was going to drown. But he thought he'd go, he jumped out of the water. And as he started to sink, because he suddenly thought, no, this is ridiculous. I can't walk on water. And Jesus held him and he looks at it and, and, he, and, he, and he walked on the water, you know. And this morning, I feel God says, do you know what? If you allow me to build, if you allow me and trust me, you can do amazing things because you can, I will do immeasurably more than you can dream or imagine. And I feel God this morning wants to just he wants to like open our eyes. He wants to expand our horizons. Does this make sense, guys? Yeah? Just feel God. And we've got a choice this morning. I'm not going to do the second part of the psalm because I just feel this is where we just need to, to land. This morning we've got a choice. That we can go out of here this morning having heard a chat in a hot summer's day. And it's all very nice and Tracy's bought something about a river and the sermon and we can just think, oh, that was lovely and it was really nice. And Sandy bought something about God speaking to us and oh, that was really lovely. Nice to see Sandy. She always brings lovely words and that was a, such a sweet word. And we'll just, but actually, that isn't, God this morning wants to speak to each and every one of us. He wants yeah. to do business with you. Yeah. Why? Because you're his children. 
As natural parents, you want to speak things into your children. You want to see them grow and you want them to be into the very best that they can be. And this morning, God says, you are my beloved children. I want the very best for you. I want to speak to you. I want you to know there's stuff I want you to build. And this morning, I'm just going to ask the band to come up. And there's a song, Blessed Be Your Name. Every blessing you give, I will turn to praise. Blessed be your name. And this morning, just as we worship God, I just want you to say, God, first of all, I want us to just in a moment say, I'm sorry, God, if I've tried to build things on my own strength. Father, I'm sorry if I've despised the places that you've put me in. And Lord, I pray that you give me a new vision for my workplace. I want us this morning then to say, Father, what is it you want to build? And let me go willingly with you, with you. Willing hands. This morning I want to say, God, let's trust him with everything. Let's trust him with everything. And this morning, let's just swim in the river and see our environments, the place that we are placed. Let's see living water. Let's see things and situations that we think are impossible transformed. Because God, our God, is an almighty, powerful, awesome God. And he wants to move in our lives. And we've got a choice this morning. We can either just listen to it and wash over us, or we can interact with a God. Nothing I say, on my, nothing Pete Thomas says has any impact, because I've got no power. But I tell you what, the King of Kings has all power and all authority. And when we think this Holy Spirit, Jesus rose, Jesus from the dead, is here in this room this morning, and we can take a chance and say, here I am, God. This is what I need to break through. And if it's a work situation, whatever it is, here I am. Wherever you are, do business with God, I pray. And my word, do I believe you will flow in that river. Rest. And you will be taken along in the current of God's goodness and presence and Holy Spirit. And he will do an amazing work. I'm really happy afterwards to pray for anyone. I know there's other people. Whatever you want, you feel God's spoken to you, I'm really happy to pray into it. I don't mind. You don't have to say anything. Just happy to pray with you guys. But I just really encourage you, let's just do business with God. Let's just do business with God. Because he wants a church that isn't passive. He wants a church that's powerful. You know, the truth of it is, is out there, there are prodigals. You know, there's a church leader we know who's not at this church. There's a church leader we know whose who's children, one of them, is not walking with the Lord at the moment. And you're thinking, wow, you know, there are children out there who, who've, who've drifted away this morning. And you know what? God this morning says, come back because I love you. This morning, God has a declare to those who've given up to say, I love you. You are my beloved. You are my precious. And this morning, if you don't know Jesus or you've just got, he's got a bit cold, he says, come back because I am faithful. I do not disappoint. I do not let you down. I love you. You are my beloved. And this morning, we need to be a church that are praying into those things, praying into young people's lives. Just God says he wants a church that's on the move. Amen.